Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. What's up, what's up? It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And this time, we have the first half of the namesake on the show. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Wes, you are back. Listen, man, I had to pull up on my boys. You know we are ready to go today. Going to be here for the start of the first segment. Then I need to go scarf down some lunch. And then I'll be uh, back. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to have to stop you right yeah, now. Yeah, okay, go ahead. You're telling me that you're going to leave me solo, Mike. So you can go get some lunch while I'm here holding it down. Is that what you well, just you told me? Would you want me here? We got a 40-minute break. I can sit here the whole time. It's whatever. How man. about we have it become the producer show again? Because okay. Fiddy, Flounder asked, hey, because Flounder's with us today. Big shout to Flounder yes. and Smoke for Big helping flip. us out. Fiddy is back at the studio. He's helping us out. Big shout to him as well. But I was told, and Fiddy, I got a bone to pick with you. Flounder said to Fiddy, hey, I can help Walker out, too, since I'm going to be on site. But Fiddy, <laughs> not one to be denied airtime, oh, said, oh, that. no. Yeah. Just because I'm not on site doesn't mean that you are not going to hear me on these airwaves today. And so I don't know how much Flounder you're going to hear, but it sounds like you might have to if you're going to ditch me for lunch. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Fiddy is like the movie Showgirls. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but back in the day, it was a movie with Jesse from Saved by the Bell in there, and it was just about the cutthroat nature of Vegas Showgirls. That's what Fiddy is. I think there's nothing he would not do to get proper airtime. So he's a guy, yeah. like I said, I keep Fiddy at a distance. You know, they say keep your friends close <laughs> oh, no. and enemies closer. I got to keep Fiddy close, uh, man. He'll, he'll line you up so he can get his uh, day in the sun. Uh, Fiddy, how do you feel about that? And in your meeting with Jeff this week, did you convince him to put your name on the show instead of ours? Yeah, no, I definitely did try. That did not get approved. <laughs> and look, this is the problem. Flounder gets four hours. I only get three. And <laughs> my takes are better. And I think there are numbers that prove that my takes are better. Nobody wants to hear his opinions more than they want Whoa. to hear mine. Did you just go ratings radio on your own best friend? Is you know, that what you just did? You know, ratings radio. I mean, podcast downloads, ratings oh radio. God, like, that is you gross. name it, I'm superior. I do the basketball podcast, and I've already said this. If I was hosting that podcast, we would have at least a thousand oh, a show. Well, let's, wow. uh, let's have a straight. Let's we have might a, be messing up. <laughs> I did not mean to. Look, I'm not taking responsibility. I brought it to the forefront, but then Fiddy is out here playing ratings radio. It is like it's it's like the Super Bowl fights that you see on Radio Row when guys from the same city are battling it out. My ratings are better than yours. Yes. Except it's friendly fire here between Fiddy and Flounder. I'm going to save their friendship. We're going to move on. We're live at ACC kickoff from the Weston Uptown. We're also going to talk a lot about the Carolina Panthers not only reporting to training camp, we actually have an official practice underway. Wes, it's happening. Spartanburg, it is here. Wofford, Carolina, they have met once again. It's going to be hot. They're oh, going to be going to be hot. Going to be brutal. I've always talked about the bugs being the underrated part about going to Spartanburg, South Carolina. But we did hear a lot from every player that reported. Scott Fitterer spoke. Let's dive in with some audio, man. Let's get off the bus. Open up the doors, Fitty. 
We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Let's go to Scott Fitterer talking to the media, discussing what is, West one of your big-time storylines heading into training camp. Brian Burns' contract talks yes. with the Panthers GM on the potential deal that could come here soon. You know, there's no timeline to it. Uh, they've been, you know, good conversations. Uh, he's represented by a great agent. And, um, you know, it's not like we have to say, hey, listen, it has to be done by this time or that time. We'll just keep talking, and when the time's right, and you know that we make a deal where it's right for him and right for us, uh, that'd be great. He's a big part of the organization. We'd be excited to have him. You know, we love having Brian around. He's really grown as a leader, not just as a player, but as a leader. He's, he's matured, and uh, he's one of those guys that you just love being around. Wes, I continue to be optimistic about how this is going to be handled because you do have somebody like Zach Martin who does not have a deal and he is missing some time right now with a holdout. Your boy, Nick Bosa, he's holding out because he wants to get paid like the best defensive end in the National Football League. And while Brian Burns is not better than Nick Bosa, he wants to get paid too and he wants the market to be set again at the top end to see if Brian Burns can get anywhere in that neighborhood. I continue to feel optimistic about this contract dispute more so than the other contract disputes out there. What say you? Well, in the words of the great Alonzo from Training Day, it's not about what you know. It's about what you can prove. And I say this about Brian Burns to say the Panthers might know what his stats are to this date. They might know what he did last year, but they can't prove that he's not going to become one of the best pass rushers in the game. He's already on that trajectory as we speak. So just as Nick Bosa is sitting out to get a big old bag, then Brian Burns is going to come right behind that and want something in that ballpark. And the Panthers, as I say, they can't prove to Brian Burns that he's not going to become as good as Nick Bosa or in the same ballpark as Nick Bosa. So I think this is going to be an interesting thing to check out because uh, the Panthers and Brian Burns may not be in the same stratosphere as what they feel like that he should be paid. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to be very, very intrigued to see how this is all going to go down because Brian Burns is going to be in camp. He's going to play until he gets his new deal, but Nick Bosa is sitting out. I'm not going to lie. I am a believer in players sitting out, but that's just me. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and maybe I'm with you on players holding out to get paid what they deserve in some situations, but this is the good part for me. Like, if Brian Burns doesn't feel disrespected as much to hold out, then that is what speaks well of this to me, right? Like, if Nick Bosa in San Francisco, they've got problems, then I understand that. But it doesn't seem like that's happening with Brian Burns in Carolina. To go along with your training day reference, it doesn't seem like Scott Fitter is saying, you will be playing football in Pelican Bay. By the time I'm through with you, that doesn't seem to be happening here. And so that is why I have the good feelings. He's out there actually just got a report, just got a notification on Twitter as we speak. Brian Burns is speaking to the media, so we can maybe play some of that audio a little bit later on in the show. I continue to feel good about it. We'll see. Now, here's some more conversation about that very ordeal. Scott Fitterer talked about if the Burns deal will be done before the end of training camp. Again, just no time frame. Uh, out of respect for the, you know, the, the whole process and the agent and, and our team. I'm not going to go into details, but there are conversations ongoing. Do you think that this is going to get done 
100% after Nick Bosa agrees to his contract, or do you think there's a shot that maybe Brian Burns is the one that signs his contract? No, I wouldn't be smart of him to do it before Nick Bosa gets his deal because, as I've said before, I think that he's going to come in at a number that's going to be right around where Nick Bosa is, so I think that it would be advantageous for him to wait until Bosa's deal is done before he puts pen to paper on anything because we don't know what that Bosa number is going to look like. Yeah, 100%. We'll see what happens, but I still feel very good about this thing getting done, and it doesn't seem, at least right now, that we're going to get a lot of blips on the radar. I did want to talk about some of the other reports coming from training camp. It is training camp tweeting season, so now go ahead and follow your favorite Panthers beat writers, your journalists, whatever. We're going to be getting some of these updates coming in live now that they're practicing. One interesting thing that I saw, if my main storyline is the wide receiver competition, because training camp, it's all about the wide receivers. Who's unguardable? Who's getting the most targets? It's always the most fascinating whether you come in with a lot of depth at that position or not. LaVisca Chenault getting some carries in the backfield. We had this conversation last offseason, or not even last offseason, when they traded for him kind of late into the year. Where they trade for him, we kind of think of him as a Cordero Patterson role. He comes in, if he's not the best route runner, but he's very physical, he's good with the football in his hands, then maybe you're handing the football off to him and trying to have him do damage that way. He's also buried on the depth chart. So if you have Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall as your one through four, and you're trying to figure out if they're going to keep five or even six receivers LaVisca is the guy that I thought I guess he could be a surprise cut but they've talked enough about him Wes I feel pretty good about him being on the team and it does seem like they're going to use him in a role that we thought about last year in a Cordero Patterson type role yeah and the thing is that's what's going to save him is the fact that you hear people talk about that he's not a route runner you hear people talk about that he's not just adept at all of the things that make a receiver a receiver but I think what is going to keep him on this roster is the role that he plays having that specialized Debo Samuel type of role unless Mingo comes in and really shows that he should be that guy doing it plus the physicality the mentality that LaVisca brings to the position because I thought he had a few plays last year to where they were momentum setting plays and that's what you need on the football team guys that come into a game with the mentality and when he's catching those pop passes and running over guys and, and, and getting the team hyped up the offensive line hyped up you can't put a price on that so I feel like he's a guy that they're going to try to find a role for because uh, he's got some talent and he's got some specialization to what he does. So Frank Reich also spoke just a little while ago down at uh, Wofford and he said Adam Thielen is like having an extra coach on the field, something we all anticipated coming into this offseason and regular season. Frank Reich also made it clear that Bryce Young is QB1, something as expected, and he said Bryce Young was 9 of 12 in team drills today. There was a beauty of a deep ball to DJ Chark between two defenders. That's what Joe person was tweeting about as well that's what i'm interested in you've asked this question do we think tmj becomes the deep threat we all thought dj tark was going to be and maybe you have a moment where robbie anderson is the possession receiver when we thought he was going to be the deep threat and dj moore was the deep threat do we have changing roles because you do have guys that are capable of going downfield and stretching the defense yeah you could we saw the numbers on tmj as far as just what pff had him with the deep ball receivers and how uh great he was at doing so and so this is a guy that's looking to continue to improve we know about the lsu wide receiver tradition i'm sure he wants to become a part of that and for some guys as i said it does take some time 
for them to become great players. And so uh, for TMJ, and when we look at a lot of receivers, he's coming into that third season. So it looks like he could be right on time for him to start to blossom as a player. So I think that's going to be one of the great developments over this camp as is TMJ ready for the spotlight. And, it, the spotlight. and if he is, it's going to make for uh, some interesting position battles, so to speak, mainly with him and DJ Chark, who many people have picked to be uh, that second receiver. So there's a lot to be done there. All right, Wes, before you go and you ditch me to go eat as <laughs> I start to do some heavy work for the midday show, I did want to ask you as uh -huh. we get to ACC Media Day, a lot of it is about the fashion. Yes. Who's got the best get-up among the players around here? And my other question is, Brian Burns has an amazing visor on today. I mean, it's, fire. It's That's just absolute. It's a graphic spider all across his face. He said it's part effective and also part of fashion statement. <laughs> Do the suits today, maybe a Jared Verse who looked very nice. He did. Here. Jared Verse, Brian Burns, two Florida State defensive ends. Who do you think showed out better in their situation? Uh, I think that, man, it feels like the players have gotten directives on what to wear because I don't see a lot of flash. I think guys are just very rock solid in what they're wearing. I mean, Jared Verse and uh, uh, Travis, Jordan Travis, we know that they're getting uh, that NIL bag. And so I would have expected just a little bit more. I think a lot of the guys showed their fashion in their shoes. I know Jordan Travis had on some type of designer shoe with the spikes on the toes. So I know that he probably paid handsomely for those. But guys have just been very solid wearing their school's color for suits or the gray. So I haven't seen a ton. I mean, if Wes Bryant was to be out here back in the day you and I had a little bit of box. Skrilla, then I think, you know, maybe uh, some type of a loud suit would have been in order. Yeah, I mean, we would have had to put on sunglasses. Yes, definitely. Would have been definitely as loud as yes. come. My favorite outfit I've ever seen, Cam Phillips, wide receiver for Virginia Tech. Okay. He came in with the Dwayne Wayne glasses that one time. Yes, and I, thought I remember. Remember that, that. Great throwback. I remember that. Everybody was asking him about it. And if you are the talking point because of a fashion statement, Cam Phillips, Dwayne Wayne glasses, number one. And he was a baller. He was. He was he a was baller good. at Virginia Tech, man. He was very good. Yeah. yeah they have some wide receivers over there, they especially do. literally one over there right now. Eddie Royal <laughs> talking yeah. on the ACC Network as we speak. We have a great guest lineup for you. It is a very busy show. Wes going to leave us. He's going to come back, though. He's going to be here yeah, be at back. 2 o'clock. And, of course, if it wasn't just me that was good enough to bring him back, Riley Leonard is going to join us. That's right, man. I already saw him this morning. Had a quick little uh, Did you? <laughs> brief combo. Yeah, I was sitting down in the lobby. He was up top. I said, there goes yeah. my boy. Yeah, yeah, he looked yeah. at me. He was like, oh, what's yeah. up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to honestly bow out of that interview. I'm just going <laughs> to let y'all go at us, it. Let us go. <laughs> I think that makes the most sense. That's right. It's man. Wesson Walker. We're off and rolling. Josh Graham going to be joining us on the other side of the break to preview the ups, uh, upcoming ACC season. Maybe even a little ACC basketball talk in there as well. Sports Radio 92 but we are live from the Westin WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're live from the Weston Uptown ACC kickoff. No, we're not talking to any guests. We're playing Immaculate Grid right now. At least that's what Josh Graham is doing. He's left his post. He's <sighs> come to join us to talk about ACC football. But instead, we started talking Johnny Cueto, Edison Volquez, and what were some obscure names? I think you brought up Edwin Jackson well, as you were playing Immaculate An obscure name actually just walked by to say hi. Former Brewers all-star Larry Sorensen, who used to work at ESPN and does radio work for Wake Forest. And I'm going to call shenanigans on Immaculate Grid because it's it says all-star in Kansas City Royal. Araldis Chapman played for the Royals, but I guess didn't make an all-star team with... The Royals? I ran into this problem on the football side of things because I needed a first-team All-Pro with Washington. I typed Josh Norman in. He got his All-Pro with Carolina, but they said no. The name went red. I missed it. I got angry and rage quit, and I haven't played it since. There's no, there's no specification that it needed to be with the Royals. He's an All-Star that played for the Royals. Shenanigans. All right. Shenanigans being called. That is the voice of Josh Graham. You can find him on Twitter at Josh Graham Show, WSJS. Appreciate him hopping on with us today. And the other thing is, I asked you for any hot take, right? I just wanted to go right into it. Any hot take that you have about the ACC football season coming up? And you said immediately, Miami to the ACC championship game this year. This is your take. This is the thing that you are going with moving into the ACC season. Tell us why. Okay. Whenever there's recruiting hype, Whenever there's a lot of hype surrounding teams that had been largely dormant for their expectations, you should always remember that in college football, productivity comes a year after the hype. We saw this. North Carolina was number 10 in the country two years ago, and they didn't live up to that hype. A year later, after we hear about all the recruiting and all the stuff, they make it to the ACC championship game, which is why I picked North Carolina to make the Coastal last year and bypassed all the hype with Miami two years ago picked Pittsburgh, only guy in the media to do that, to win the ACC. And it feels like this year, kind of like North Carolina was the trendy team a couple years back and didn't work out. Miami was that team last year, didn't work out while Carolina bounced back. I think that's what's going to happen with the Hurricanes because they still have the recruiting. It's year two for Mario Cristobal. Cristobal, one of the best years he ever had at Oregon was the second year. Tyler Van Dyke, we've seen him do it before. And now that he has the Houston OC that's coming in to spread things out a little more, we know what Dana Holgerson's teams are capable of doing. I think Miami's a team that's been slept on, and they have the talent with four and five stars all over the place that I think because people got burned by them a year ago, mm-hmm. they're not being picked, and they should get more hype, not the other team. So, wait, are, are you the one now driving the U is back bandwagon? For this year, the U okay. is back. Okay, okay, okay. And we're calling it that, too, because a lot of people will play the semantics game on whether the U is back. Would that be considered the U is back if they get to the ACC championship and lose? I'm going to have a new term. Okay. The U is number two. <laughs> okay. That's it. I don't think, the I don't U think they want to roll with that. The U is number two, because Clemson's still the best team in this league and it's not close but the u is number two is what we're going with but when gambling's legal in the state of north carolina see i'm just preparing people Mm -hmm. for this wink wink nod nod miami's 23 to 1 odds right now to win the acc like six best odds 
Not a lot of people are talking about Miami right now. And when you look at the talent, there are very few teams that are more talented than they are. No, it's a solid case. I like all of it. Now, I want to try to apply that theory to the macro because Florida State is the trendy team this year where, of course, we have some evidence. They yeah. won 10 games last season. They have a million guys returning, top picks that are deciding to come back to Tallahassee to try to do something even more impressive this year. So it's not like they're sneaking up on everybody. But by that logic, a trendy team, maybe Florida State's time is next year if they're the trendy team this year? Or are you rolling all in with Florida State as a team that could also really compete for the ACC championship? I'm not it on Florida State. Okay. I don't get it. Because Mike Norvell, see, I'm an East Carolina graduate, as you know. I watched Mike Norvell at Memphis, wasn't all that impressed then. And at Florida State, I, I get it. They have this history. They have this brand. So everybody wants this to be... 2003 all over again or 93 all over again with Florida State but the reality is their best years they're still three loss team they're still a three loss team and when you look at their schedule LSU might win the whole damn thing and that's who you're opening up with and you have to go to Death Valley this year it'd be a different conversation if there was some ramp up time for them if there was a more manageable schedule if you didn't have to go to Clemson but those things that that's just not gonna get that's not gonna be easy and because the hype is where it's at, I just think it's unrealistic to expect that they're going to meet that hype. So I think I'm falling victim to the on-paper thing with them. Like, I'm just looking at their roster, and they look amazing, Josh. I mean, First, they, Benson, it's, all it's, the dudes. It's crazy talent. So Wilson. It's, it's really coming down to Norvell for you, it seems like, for the most part. Yeah, and also, it's it's just a different expectation level for Jordan Travis. He was on the same field with Anthony Richardson last year and was the better quarterback on that field. He was. And I don't want to take anything away from that guy. But it's a different deal entirely when no one's expecting that of you. Then people are saying that you could be a fringe national title contender. We Again, to bring back North Carolina a couple years ago, it was totally different in 2020 when Sam Howe was dishing it out to Diami Brown and Daz Newsom and all those guys versus a year after that when people were projecting him to be a top-five pick. Like, mentally... The, the way that teams game plan you and teams gun for you, it's it's a totally different animal when you're supposed to be the team, when you're the hunted, so to speak, versus the hunters. And Florida State is now transitioning from being the hunters to the hunted. Josh Graham joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, kind of here at the Weston Uptown Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. So, Josh, let's go to your feelings about North Carolina's football team. You just brought, it up, brought them up. Some of the skill positions that they've had in years past. You bring up the amazing wide receivers. Not as good as they've had in the past. You don't have Josh Downs this year. You don't have the crop of Deami Brown and some of the other Daz Newsoms, if you will. How good do you feel about North Carolina coming into this? I season? think you just described it. We've seen this movie. Like, don't watch Rudy expecting at the very end something different than him getting the sack on the final play. Like, you know how this movie goes because just a couple years ago, like, I remember asking Mac Brown the week of that Virginia Tech game where they lost when they were number 10 in the country. The question I asked was, are you at the place as a program where you can lose multiple draft picks on a side of a ball? In that case, Newsom, Diami Brown, two running backs that got drafted, and it not show on the field. And he said, maybe Clemson's the only team in the league that can probably survive that. I don't know if all that much has changed over the last two years when, again, you lose your top running back, you lose your top two receivers. That's a tough ask for Drake May, who also... The final month of the season, I know because I was there, 
lost to a couple third-string quarterbacks in Georgia Tech and NC State, and then didn't really do a heck of a lot in the championship game right down the road from where we're sitting against Clemson, even though that's a little bit more understandable. I, I think Drake May is bound to see some resistance because defensive coordinators get paid a lot for a reason. There's going to be some adjustment. But also the type of talent that surrounds him is not the same as it was a year ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about this too. Getting benefit of the doubt when you're trying to reload as a top-notch squad. North Carolina doesn't have that. Clemson has shown they deserve it. I know it's faltered a little bit the last couple of seasons, but a down year for them is barely winning the ACC championship. It's Florida State's be. best year. Yeah. Clemson's down year. Well, and we even, if we just want to go to a different conference, we were asking that question about Georgia losing so many guys on the defensive side of the ball. Did they have benefit of the doubt for their reload power? And, yep, they would win the whole damn thing once again. It's going to be tough with North Carolina to do that. And speaking of defense, it's always going to come down to that side. Like, even if you lose skill players, Drake May, to me, is good enough, despite the faltering in the last month of the season, to help him out. But defensively, they haven't figured anything out in the last, what? I mean, ever since Mac Brown came over and he's been recruiting top talent, but it hadn't shown up on the defensive side on Saturdays. That's ultimately what it comes down it to. It does. And you have a lot of... A lot of those five-star, four-star types that Carolina's got is on the defensive side. So I'm hoping eventually that will reveal itself with Gene Chizik going into his second year as a defensive coordinator. But let's also not forget another loss on offense is Phil Longo. I, I know there's this argument that, oh, North Carolina needed to be tougher and they needed a coach that can instill toughness and these types of things. But Phil Longo's offenses were pretty darn prolific with Sam Howell and with Drake May. And we don't know. Nobody knows yet what it's going to look like or how much different it's going to look with Chip Lindsey now calling plays. Um, I want to go to, because you don't have much turnover this year at the head coaching spot. You have Brom coming in, and you have some interim guys that are taking over. Mm -hmm. But as far as straight-up, new, fresh faces at the head coaching spot in the ACC, not nearly as much as you had last year when you had four guys coming in. So you have four two-year coaches mm -hmm. within the ACC. The offensive coordinator spots, though, those have been big-time deals this year. So you have Robert and I with NC State pairing up with Brennan Armstrong. Now you go get Garrett Riley if you're Clemson to try to revamp that offense with a new quarterback in Cade Klubnick after DJU started most of the season last year. What offensive coordinator QB marriage are you most excited to see? Garrett it, Riley. Why That's is that? the answer. Because he... We saw what he did at TCU last year, and there's going to be such great fascination whether or not he could do that with Kate Klubnick, who's another one of those five-star kids that everybody wanted. And like you, and you come from a factory that produced the likes of Drew Brees and produced you know star players, Nick Foles, and terrific pros all across the place. That's a guy who's ready for the big time. And I actually really like their skill position players. It's the best it's been, which isn't saying a lot, since T. Higgins and Justin Ross and Travis Etienne, right. Travis Etienne was running around. Like I really like Antonio Williams. I really like uh, Bo Collins. And, of course, you have Will Shipley back at running back. I, I think Clemson's offense is going to be fine. Garrett Riley and Cade Klubnick are worth betting on. And on defense, you lose a lot, but every year. They've more than earned the benefit of the doubt when you still got dudes at every level. Like Xavier Thomas is back for like his eighth or ninth Van Wilder-like season. Mm -hmm. You got linebackers who are going to be first-round draft picks, it feels like, every year. And then in the secondary, you got uh, Mukoba and, again, guys who feel like they've been there forever. I, I just think Clemson is the sure pick, and they've earned the benefit of the doubt more so. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they are worth betting on. I, I just think the, the wild card here is... Because, by the way, it's plus money. 
it's the first time in eight years it's plus money. Like, you don't have to bet more than you get in order to bet Clemson because of the Florida State height. It is the smart bet. One that I would not be getting anywhere close to with my money is the NC State marriage between Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong. So, Brennan Armstrong, mm -hmm. different style offense at Virginia last year. Tony Elliott comes in after Brennan just went nuclear in the ACC the year prior. Just went bonkers. No one expected that type of production. And then it was 180-degree turn in the very wrong direction. But now you get the offensive coordinator that was allowing you to have some of these Star Wars numbers and you're at a different place, but it's hard to erase the memory of what you just saw from Brennan last year. Where are you with that marriage and Dave Doran, who is a good college football coach, being the guy that is uh, overseeing all of it? I'm going to be admittedly bad at radio okay. for a second. Like, you guys are really good at radio, oh, which is why I'm it. so glad to sit here. But I'm going to be bad at radio and say something that you're not allowed to say. Don't worry. I'm not going to say any of those words that the FCC would have mm -hmm. issue with. Hey, get the dump button ready, Josh. I don't know. Okay. You're not allowed to not know. you got to have a take and defend it to the death. I get it. I have no idea. And that's why I'm so fascinated, more than any quarterback in the state of North Carolina this year, who are all fascinating. Riley Leonard with the numbers going into year two. Drake May for obvious reasons. Mitch Griffiths. Think about this. Dave Clausen. Every time he's had to bring in a new quarterback since he's been there, they started as true freshmen. John Wolford, Jamie Newman for the one year, Sam Hartman in 2018. Mitch Griffiths has been there now for three years, <laughs> and he's starting at Wake. So they're going to be fine offensively. I have no idea what's going to happen with Brennan Armstrong and NC State. That is perhaps the most fascinating storyline in the state of North Carolina this year. What's going to happen there now that Brennan Armstrong is paired again with Robert Adon? It's not even close to me. Like, that's the biggest wild card among everything because NC State, good football program. Like, you expect good things from them pretty much every single season. And now where Devin Leary had a ton of hype, I was a Devin Leary fan coming in and – for whatever reason, you I know, still have had stock. a bunch of the injuries. I yeah. have my, I'm not a big stock I'm guy, but I have, I have Devin Leary's stock. Why? Because SEC quarterbacks aren't any good. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best quarterback in the SEC? Joe Milton? How'd that go at Michigan? Oh, I can't wait, but but 70-yard bombs turn me on so much, Oh, he Josh. could throw an orange 100 yards. I, I'm, cool. I'm so ready for it. Oh, Yes, I do, but I do think it's cool. You say it in a sarcastic way. I'm here to tell you I do legitimately think there it's are cool. Orange, there's a bowl of oranges right over there. I want to mm -hmm. see if you can throw an orange all the way across this room. If this so, Hypel, I'm ready. You know, I, I hope this video goes viral. Hypel, if I throw this orange 100 yards like Josh is challenging me to, I want a spot. That's all it takes for SEC hype machine. Like, hey, Jamie Newman goes from Wake to Georgia. Well, now he reminds us of Cam Newton and Tim Tebow. And, oh, why? Because you're in the Southeastern Conference. And here here you are, Joe Milton, throwing orange 100 yards. Uh, and now we're going to say you're a Heisman candidate. Hypnotize me. It's working. I'm weak. I'm weak-minded. These are the drones that I'm looking for. Last one, I, would, I did want to get to Please. I did want to get to the college basketball conversation because some exciting news coming in this week. Home and home between Kansas and North Carolina. Is Josh Marlowe making you ask me this? When that news came through, Fitty, real time, Flounder can attest to it, called Flounder to say, hey, this can be its own topic on a podcast. Like, 40-minute-long yeah. podcast. This sure. can be its own topic. He stopped working on our show, mm -hmm. started working on Heel Tough blog and Four Corners podcast content, writing up, pulled his computer out, started writing an article right in front of me while we were 40 minutes away. So, yes... I do find a lot of value in it, clearly as you do as well. I've heard your takes on it, but we're all very excited. Man, two powerhouses meeting together on each other's campuses. It's going to be a lot of fun. Aside from the Final Four, where 
you literally transition from arenas to playing in football stadiums. Kansas playing North Carolina in basketball on campus is as big as the sport can feel. If you've been to Allen Fieldhouse, as I have, you get that sensation. The rules of basketball right there that Dr. James Naismith pinned 150 years ago and a statue of him and it's nestled right at the center of campus. You just feel college basketball at its roots, how big it can feel. And then at the Dean Dome, when you're walking down Skipper Bowles Drive and you see that massive dome at the top of the hill and you see how high those ceilings are in 18, 19,000 seats, the fact that Kansas has not played at North Carolina ever considering the history of these programs. Wilt Chamberlain going up against Lenny Rosenbluth in 1957 and two years ago when Hubert's yelling at Tracy Wilson, live action, Tracy, before blowing that lead. I mean, the history there. Dean Smith went to Kansas. Roy Williams went to North Carolina. Larry Brown went to North Carolina. And the fact that Kansas has never been to Chapel Hill and North Carolina hasn't been to Kansas since 1960, the year before Dean Smith became the head coach. You're right. Incredible's not even... It's too loose of a word. It's too loosely used. It doesn't capture it, how big this is for college basketball. Fitty is ready to run through a brick wall at the Planet Kia Studios. Josh just caused damage back at the crib. We apologize, Jeff, for you having to fork over a bill that is going to have to take care of some of that damage. Sorry, Jeff. He's shaking right now. Like, Fitty is shaking because, look, even if you said you were bad at radio... What a vivid picture you just painted all right there. He that needs a amazing. cigarette. He's that, post-coital. <laughs> I, think, I think all of us do. He's ready to throw an under, uh, a orange over 100 yards. That's Josh <laughs> Fitty Marlowe back at the Planet Kia Studios freaking out. And that is because we just heard the voice of one Josh Graham, a part of WSJS. Follow him on Twitter. Great follow, at Josh Graham Show. Appreciate the time, man. That was a lot of fun. No doubt. Thanks, guys. Also, uh, tell me more about the shenanigans on Immaculate Grid if you run oh, into Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. Tell us more. All right, All right. We'll, we'll talk about that during the break. We appreciate everybody stopping by with us here. Coming up next, we have another guest. You're going to have to stay tuned to find out who that is here at ACC Media Day, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate everybody for listening to us today. We're going to be with you till 3. And then Kyle Bailey going to be taking over, as he does every weekday, from 3 to 6 p.m. I think we have an ACC Network programming executive joining us here soon. So we'll see if he comes over. This is the chaos that is ACC kickoff and ACC media days. Despite Fiddy's best efforts, though. I did want to get Flounder's opinion, and then we'll send it back to the Planet Kia Studios as well because we'll get his opinion on what Josh had to say, not only about the home-and-home between North Carolina and Kansas, but also the college football season, this upcoming season. It'll be interesting to see what everybody is going to see from Drake May, the defense, 
trying to figure out if they can actually hold up their end of the bargain with all the talent. We can get to that maybe a little bit later on in the show. But as I promised, Jeremy Michaels, ACC Network Programming Executive, now joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jeremy, how's ACC Media Days going for you? It's fantastic. It's uh, it's it's always a circus. Um, now it's a three-day circus instead <laughs> of a two-day circus. But we love it. We love kicking off the football season this way. Having our entire network here, all of our talent, all of our production teams, um, just creating the environment that you see behind you and you all being here, it's it, it's fantastic environment. I love it. Are you a fan of the three-day event or were you more of a fan of the two-day event? Uh, I'm a fan of more content there you go. all the time. Same. Yes. Same. I, exactly. I think that uh, all of us would agree that we can't talk enough football. Um, and so spreading it out over three days, it probably makes people a lot more tired. Um, but uh, myself included, I'm running on fumes right now. i got another <laughs> day and a half to go. But I, I love every part of this. Um, you know, I, I think that the college football season is the most brilliantly constructed product there is because it always leaves you wanting more. And it's why we, we spend so much time talking about it in the off season. And uh, I'm ready to kick off the games. But I, I love that that we're, we're here. We have the players. We have the coaches. Um, you know, we, we hear from the conference. Uh, it's it's just a great environment to, to really start the hype train. All right, last question about ACC kickoff itself. Are you going to be a two-time reception-slash-dinner guy, or are you just going to one? Because it's been very interesting to see how people are game planning for that. So I was able to skip last night, okay. which is great. Uh, we had a corporate <laughs> partner summit here. There you go. So we, we're turning this into not just a media circus, but a, but a partner circus as well. And we had all of our corporate partners in yesterday uh, running through what we're doing for the upcoming season. And then we had a dinner with them last night. So I got to kind of pull back uh, on the reception part of it. But I will be there tonight. Um, that is the voice of Jeremy Michaels on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, ACC Network Programming Executive, unveiling exciting new programming for the ACC Network. Jeremy, what was some of the main objective? What were the main objectives that you were looking for when rolling out this new layout? Well, when we designed the ACC Huddle as a as a traveling show. Uh, we knew we wanted to be different. We, we didn't want to be just another morning show. We do have an hour in the morning to kick the day off. But one of the things that I always notice with something like College Game Day, and, and College Game Day is about as perfect as it gets. But at noon, they wrap up and leave just when the day is really starting to kick off. And so my vision for this was that we would build momentum throughout the day. So we're going to follow around our ACC primetime football game and just build excitement and build momentum throughout the day. It elevates how that game feels. It's how it looks on TV. Remember the first time we did this uh, two years ago at NC State, uh, I was in the press box at halftime and looking around at all the other games that were on at the, at the time. And our game just really stuck out because our talent was in the stadium. They, were, they, were, they had that atmosphere in the background. And that's what we wanted to capture every single week. Um, so we're going to have two sets that come to campus. We're going to have a corporate partner activation outside with a set that's in the tailgate area. And then we're going to have another set inside the stadium that uh, for our pregame show ahead of that primetime game, we're, we're right in the thick of it. Uh, we get the intros of the teams. Um, we're capturing all the pageantry that all of the schools in this league uh, have, and they're all unique, and we want to put them on display. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. So two of the ACC Network signature programs, ACC Huddle, ACC PM, 
They will travel to college football game sites every week of the regular season. How important was it for you to catch that pageantry by traveling to some of these game sites? I, I thought it was critical for us. The ACC has such great brands and, the, and unique uh, environments. Uh, you know, it spans from Boston all the way to Miami with you know a lot of teams in the Mid-Atlantic, and uh, you know I just think that there's such a, a unique quality about the the diversity of fan bases, and we wanted to show all of it. Um, and being able to be on campus on Friday, we get to capture some of that excitement uh, on campus in the in the afternoon with with Mark Packer and Taylor Tannebaum, um, and then they're going to be part of our show all day Saturday too. It's just we're we're bringing an army of people to campus each week. That's Jeremy Michaels, ACC Network Programming Executive, joining us on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I'm also interested in just what goes into the programming when you talk about the actual content, because I do want to go back to Jeff Capel's comments last year during the college basketball season, discussing how he would watch other comp, he would watch other media outlets, and he would see them, quote-unquote, uplifting some of the schools within the conference, and that wasn't happening enough when watching the ACC network. What do you take away from some of those comments, or do you just have to kind of focus on what you guys want to do as an entity? I hope I'm not revealing too much, but that, that came up. We meet with all of the coaches yeah. every year in Amelia Island, and, and that was a big part of our conversation. We really kind of wanted to know what, what was the motivation behind that comment, and I, I don't think it was necessarily as direct at us as it probably seemed. Uh, I think that, that he, he heard some comments that, that probably weren't even our talent or, or on our network. And um, we had a great conversation and talked through that because ACC Network is a representation of the ACC. We, we are here to uplift every one of these programs. We want the next generation of student athletes when they're evaluating where they want to go to school. We, we want to be the biggest recruiting tool for, for all of the programs in this league. Uh, and we're proud of the work that we do and, and the talent that we have covering these networks. Uh, the, you know, I'm just looking at EJ Manuel standing up over there. I mean, what a legend. And, and he's on our network every day. Our basketball talent, second to none, uh, our nothing but net crew with three national champions and, and uh, most outstanding Final Four players on the men's side. And we have, you know, Hall of Famer and Muffet McGraw on, on the women's side. Uh, it, I, I'm proud of the talent that we have. It's extraordinary. And, and I think in, in that particular instance, I, we had a great conversation with the coach, and I, I think that we, uh, we have a good understanding of, of what that was about. I have to imagine that's hard, trying to make decisions based off of being objective, uplifting the conferences, and then here you have a coach like Coach Capel saying, you know, it's not happening with the Big Ten Network or anything like that. But understandable that you would have, a, have to meet, uh, have a meeting trying to figure all that stuff out.